Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Thursday, November 4th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got the leadership dynamics when it comes to President Joe Biden's Build Back Better legislation. Number two, the latest on immigration. And number three, some movement on the filibuster. All right, Jake, let's get into it. All eyes are on this reconciliation package and what the implications of Tuesday night's big Democratic loss in Virginia for Terry McAuliffe means for this package as well as just the overall dynamics. So I think we should just get into it. Let's go right at it from Speaker Nancy Pelosi, the biggest figure on whether or not Joe Biden's agenda gets passed. All right. So Speaker Nancy Pelosi wants to hold a vote on the Build Back Better Act and the BIF in the next two days. Um, the order she wants to do it in is Build Back Better first, BIF second. So let's just talk about like the journey Nancy Pelosi has, has been on um, over the last couple months on Build Back Better and BIF. Um, well, first of all, let me say this. I don't think this is going to get done today. Um, I guess it could, but I just don't see it. I, I think it could get done tomorrow. Brez seems to think it's going to get done this weekend, which would be really just wonderful for everybody involved. But um, okay, so Pelosi basically started this process saying that she would only vote on the infrastructure bill once the Senate had passed reconciliation. That's not the case anymore. Pelosi twice tried to pass infrastructure. She was not successful. She then said that the House wouldn't consider a reconciliation package that wouldn't pass the Senate intact. And here she is like she's going to pass a um, uh, a reconciliation package that's not going to pass the Senate intact. So what does this all mean? I mean, I think Pelosi's now I don't think Pelosi's definitely now recognizing the fact that there's just nothing you can't wait for the house or the senate rather the house can't wait for the senate i mean it's just it's a it's a fool's errand they're you know they're a mess mansion is kind of in his own universe and um and she's got to move forward and, and i think pelosi here is just I mean, she's not letting herself or the caucus be deterred by virginia which i mean history will judge whether that's right or not anna but like she's saying Basically, like, we got to get moving. We lost in Virginia. It's not going to deter us, and we got to get moving. I think what's interesting to think about, too, though, is she really has, there's two factions, right? There's the progressives, which we have talked about ad nauseum over the last several weeks about, you know, Pramila Jayapal and who's chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus and kind of their stance, but they've really softened their public stance on the BBB over the last several days. Uh, I, I think it's a kind of been an interesting shift uh, in part probably because of some backlash coming from last week's Questionable Hill visit from President Joe Biden. But then the moderates have really reared their head here in a way where we hadn't been talking about moderates in the House. We we have been obviously talking about Kirsten Cinema, We've talked about Joe, Joe Manchin a ton. But the moderates in the House are really Pelosi's biggest hurdle and I think a faction that wasn't getting a ton of attention recently. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they weren't getting a ton of attention. And now, I mean, so Brez and I view this, you know, so the moderates want to score on, on this bill. They want 72 hours to read this thing. I mean, um, 
we've kind of viewed this all as, and we alluded to this in the newsletter this morning, as Trojan horses for just wanting to slow this thing down. Like, I think a lot of people feel like, a lot of moderates feel like this is like too many broken promises, too fast. But one leadership person said to me yesterday that um, moderates complain about the sun coming up every day, which I get. I mean, moderate, you know, the 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 moderates of today's Democratic Party are like the middle of the road Democrats from back the the, the last time Pelosi was Speaker Anna. Like they're they're just the parties move far to the left, and I think a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. Um, so all that said, um, immigration's a big problem, um, and th- that is unsolved. And like Pelosi's trying to walk this fine line between getting a package through and and um, uh, getting something that could pass the Senate and whether when the package comes back from the Senate, it's going to include different immigration policies, which is, as we put it this morning, a problem for then, not for now. So, um, you know, this is all aimed at just getting the Senate moving, right? Like there's no, this, that this is all aimed at getting the Senate moving. There's no other reason to do this bill right now, but to try to get the Senate moving. And frankly, if in, if they get infrastructure through, I mean, there could be a signing ceremony as soon as next week. So, you know, that's a big deal for Biden. It would be a big deal for Biden. He'll be able to have Mitt Romney and and um, uh, whatever pick your Democrat behind him as he signs this big bill. Rob Portman as well. So, um, but I mean, Pelosi setting herself up for a big sprint, and it's going to be really really interesting to watch over the next, let's call it, you know, three or four or twelve days. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the number two story. You alluded to it there, which is immigration. What is going to happen? The House plan is similar to the quote-unquote Plan C proposal that Senators Dick Durbin, the Democrat from Illinois, and Robert Menendez, the Democrat from New Jersey, uh, were planning to submit to the Senate parliamentarian to see if it could survive the bird rule. So far, the parliamentarian has rejected two previous proposals by Senate Democrats on this front. Um, and we've got some news here this morning. Yeah, the news is that um, the parliamentarian is not even going to judge the, inf- the, the immigration language, the immigration package, not package, but the immigration provisions until... Um, there is a score for the larger BBB package. Um, that's weeks away. <laughs> so that's that's problematic. Um, we've been wondering why there's been no score, but like, but that's why. Um, so I don't have any I don't have any guess about how this is all gonna end up, except that like I would say this. I would say that the two positions are irreconcilable at this point. And the two positions are that that a lot of progressive Democrats who are uh, very big on immigration uh, reform want a pathway to citizenship in this bill. The parliamentarian says no. Um, And um, that's that's not that's not easy. (laughs) So uh, this bill is going to go is going to is going to go to the Senate with with uh, immigration proposal that's untested and uncertain. And and by the way, even if the parliamentarian says it's okay it might not pass muster over there. So, you know, this is a big issue. This is probably one of the biggest issues right now. And I guess what we're seeing, and maybe this is actually like a good a good top for us at some point, Anna, but like Democrats are just trying to do so much with this bill. Just like, this is just like 
everything to everyone at once. And it kind of, and that's difficult. You know, Congress only has like a certain amount of oxygen to get stuff done. And, um, and I think we're just testing the limits of that. Well, I mean, part of it's because this is the only thing that's moving. It's the only thing that they are going to have an opportunity to probably really pass, you know, and I think there's a lot of questions about whether it actually gets done, right? But that's why you're, you're seeing everybody throw every kind of possibility into the bill as much as, you know, as much as they can, because they realize that this is the probably the last big piece of legislation before the midterms, right? Um, all right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning, the filibuster. We have Senator Tom Carper, the Democrat from Delaware, who has declined to say where he stands on eliminating the filibuster. That is until now. He's now willing to support an exception to the 60-vote hurdle in order to pass voting rights legislation. We have been extremely bearish on the Senate getting rid of the filibuster. It's something that Newspapers love to write about. People always love to fixate on. Certainly the left loves to try to push this issue because they are so sick and tired of the filibuster. But this is this is some news here. Yeah, I mean, here's what I would say. Um, <laughs> well, here's what I would say. This is... It's an interesting data point. Uh, Brez and I and you, maybe, I don't know how where you stand on this, but like we might have a disagreement here. Um, I just don't think that this, I don't think this matters that much because I, here's why. I mean, I, I just think that like without Manchin and Cinema, this is just an academic exercise. I mean, Biden could come out and tap dance and say, I'm ready to get rid of the filibuster. And it's just not going to happen at, right now because Manchin and Cinema are not for it. So, where does this leave us? Um, it leaves us in the same place we were before. I mean, this is kind of going back to the last item, Anna, that you that you and I just talked about. Like, the reason they're trying to squeeze everything in here is because of the filibuster. That's the reason they're trying to get everything in the reconciliation package, because nothing else could pass with 60 votes. So everything has to go in this 50-vote bill. And I'm not advocating, I'm not advocating for, um, for getting rid of the filibuster. I'm just simply saying that the reality is... It's a fact. The, it's a fact. The fact is they don't have 50 votes to blow up the filibuster. Like, I say this on TV every day, Anna. Joe Manchin supports the filibuster. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how to make that any more clear to people. Like, he supports the filibuster. He's not going to get rid of it because he supports it. Just like, you know, I, 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 I don't know if there's like an analogy that will make this clearer to people. But like, he's not going to get rid of something that he supports. So, you know... I, th that that's kind of the that's kind of where I am on this, and um, uh, I, I'm happy for the filibuster supporters that or the filibuster um, uh, get rid of the filibuster supporters that they <laughs> that they have no you know that they have gotten they have won over um, uh, Tom Carper, who's a, obviously a very close ally of of Joe Biden. Um, but they're not, this is not moving them any closer to the ultimate goal of getting rid of the filibuster. Well, I, we'll see. I mean, time will tell. I do think, you know, it is a data point that's important though. Right. And I think that voting rights is the, is clearly something that Democrats more so than we've seen on abortion, more so than we see on a lot of other issues that are kind of tent poles for Democrats. But it appears, I think to me, to something that is at least worth watching is this voting rights issue, because it seems to have really, um, energized Democrats in a way that they're willing to kind of at least consider 
some kind of a car vote when it comes to that. So something I, I it is meaningful. I do think it is meaningful. Every data point that goes in this direction, 10 years ago, we would never even have True. been anywhere near Agreed. This. But let me make two more points here. Number one, the number the first point I would make is that um, uh, there like if you talk to a lot of people like Manchin or like other people, and even Brez says this, there is no carve out. Once you get rid of the filibuster, it's gone, right? It, it's just it, like that that it, people are just not going to to respect the rule anymore. Um, Republican, it's going to be gone, right? That's just that's that. And I think most people, even filibuster supporters, admit that there is no such thing as a carve out. And number two, the point you made is really good here, right? There is a this is a long game, and I think that's where the filibuster supporters have gone wrong, is they've made this seem like tomorrow Joe Manchin is going to blow up the filibuster, but no, these things take a long time. Just ask like the forward.us people who are about to get immigration or big immigration reform for the first time. I mean, what year did they start that? They started that process 10 years ago. I remember you and I writing stories about it, right? These things don't happen quickly. And I think that's been the failing of the filibuster reform people is that they don't recognize and they don't admit that this is a long, this is a long game. And, and, and that's, and I just think that that, that is the, um, that's just something that they have to admit. With that, thanks so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.